brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'm Kathy with a K. And I'm Kathy with a C. And this is season two of Killer Destinations. Kathy and I are bringing you a special episode on the Corey Richens matter. This is the woman in Camas, Utah, who was accused of killing her husband, Eric. We are bringing you this episode because we know there is a ton of interest on this case based on the media reports and all the social media that's swirling around. However, we want to remind you that she is innocent unless the prosecution proves otherwise, and she's entitled to all due process rights according to the Constitution. We're bringing you the facts based primarily on records in the criminal case as well as the civil case, but it is important to point out that everything that's been reported so far has come from the prosecution's perspective because it's based primarily on probable cause affidavits by detectives. Nothing that has been reported to date comes from the defense perspective, and we have no idea what Corey Richens will present. In early March 2022, Eric Richens had been married to his wife, Corey, for nine years. They had three sons, ages nine, seven, and five. Eric was really close to his family. What I discovered, Kathy, is that he actually came from one of the oldest and largest families in Summit County, Utah, and he was a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints. Eric was also a successful businessman. He owned and operated C&D stonemasonry with his best friend, Cody Wright. So Eric's wife, Corey, was a realtor and house flipper, and she had dealings with high-value properties. In March of 2022, she was in the process of buying a $2 million house to flip that the previous owner actually sold before completing construction. It was 20,000 square feet and would be able to sleep up to 60 people. It was reported that Corey planned to spend 4 to $6 million on the renovation. In the early morning hours of Friday, March 4th, 2022, Corey found Eric on the floor at the foot of their bed. He was cold to the touch, so she called 911 and started CPR. When police and EMTs arrived, they tried to perform life-saving measures, but were unsuccessful. Eric was declared dead at the scene. According to the criminal information filed by prosecution, police asked Corey to tell them about what happened that night before her husband died. She said that she and Eric went up to their bedroom about 11 p.m. the night before. They had been celebrating her closing on the previously mentioned $2 million house. She said Eric had consumed a shot of alcohol and a THC gummy. Corey said she made Eric a Moscow mule and brought it upstairs to him in bed. She then went to bed at the same time, but shortly after that, she got out of her bed and went into one of her son's rooms because he was apparently having a night terror. She laid down with him and eventually fell asleep. When she woke up, it was 3 a.m., so she went back to her bedroom, and that's when she discovered her husband Eric on the floor and called 911. So fast forward, as we all know, about a year after Eric's death, Corey Richens was arrested for murdering her husband. She was charged with one count of first-degree aggravated murder 
as well as three second-degree felony counts of possession with intent to distribute a controlled substance. On May 18, 2023, the prosecution upgraded their statement of probable cause in the criminal information filed with the court. It is alleging many updated facts, including many financial issues that had not been previously reported. Although facts were updated, the changes against Corey Richens remained the same. So, of course, the question on everyone's minds is what happened over that last year to lead sheriff's deputies to this point? According to Lincoln Graves of CBS2 KUTV, an April 2022 search warrant revealed that shortly after Eric's death, his family went to police with their concerns. Now, according to the search warrant, detectives were informed that Eric and Corey were having marital problems. Eric's family had also told investigators that Eric thought Corey was trying to kill him. He said, if something happens to me, Corey is the one who did it. Now, one of Eric's two younger sisters told investigators that he had actually called her a few years ago from Greece. He and Corey were there on vacation, and Corey handed him a drink that made him violently ill. Eric told the sister at that time he thought Corey had tried to kill him. Investigators also learned that Eric and his best friend slash business partner, Cody Wright, had each taken out an insurance policy and named the other as the beneficiary. So, Kath, the reason they did this is they were both 50-50 partners in this masonry company. If one of them died, the surviving partner would be able to use that life insurance policy to buy out the widow of whomever died. And then that would, of course, allow that partner to retain full ownership of the company. On January 1st, 2022, Corey logged into the life insurance company's website and changed Eric's beneficiary on the $2 million life insurance policy to herself. A representative from the company contacted Eric to confirm this change, and Eric was able to restore Cody as the beneficiary. However, Eric and Cody decided never to tell Corey that they were aware of what she tried to do or that they were able to rectify it. Then, one month later, on Valentine's Day 2022, Corey made a sandwich for Eric and left it on the seat of his truck with a love note. Shortly after eating the sandwich, Eric broke out in hives and had difficulty breathing. He found his son's EpiPen and administered it to himself and then fell asleep. When he woke up in his truck, he told a friend he thought Corey had tried to kill him. Okay, so although the Richens family and friends expressed concerns about Eric's death, there was no actual evidence in the possession of the sheriff's department to suggest Corey had done anything nefarious related to her husband's death. So, Kath, as you know, autopsies are usually done within a relatively short amount of time. Right. Depending on how busy the coroner's office is. But the medical examiner's report in this case was delayed a bit because of the tuck screen that they had to do. Which, as we always hear, it usually takes weeks and weeks to get that back. Correct. And so Kathy and I tried to actually obtain the autopsy report, but in Utah, it's not a public record, so we were not able to do so. So we're now going to propose legislation that all states have to make them public for us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I could not find any specific thing that documented the date the medical examiner provided the tox results to the sheriff's department. What we did find is that a search warrant was issued after that. However, all search warrants were sealed. Yes. So we couldn't get a date on it. Right. So everyone who's reporting from search warrants have an inside scoop that we don't have. They did not have any images that we could purchase. Right. 
However, again, in the criminal information that was filed, it did have a lot of probable cause information in there for public viewing. So although we don't know the exact date that the medical report was released, we do know that about a month or so after Eric's death, we know that Eric and Corey's home was searched. We also know that detectives took computers and cell phones, among other things. So what was revealed in the medical examiner's report that lit a fire under the sheriff's booty was that Eric Richens died of a fentanyl overdose. According to the information filed, he had five times the lethal dose in his system at the time of his death, and it was street fentanyl, not medical grade fentanyl. And the medical examiner also determined that the fentanyl had been ingested orally, and this was based on gastric fluids. Anyway, so once the Summit County Sheriff's detectives get this information, they execute the search warrants, as we just said, and started coming to the opinion that things were not adding up. Now, according to various newspaper reports, one of the biggest disagreements at that time between Eric and Corey was the $2 million property that she wanted to buy and flip. According to these newspapers, Eric's family has said that he had serious financial concerns about not only spending $2 million for a flip house, but he was also very strongly opposed to Corey's plans to spend 4 to $6 million on the renovations. The family member said that although he had not yet told Corey, he had told them he was not planning to sign the deed to the home, which means she would have had to buy it by herself. Now, law enforcement alleged there were inconsistencies with Corey's statements to deputies the night Eric died. Corey said she performed CPR on her husband, but fire and EMS responders believed it was unlikely considering there was blood coming from Eric's mouth. Also, while EMTs were administering life-saving measures to Eric, they asked her where his medications were, and Corey said she didn't know, blaming the maid for putting his medications in random places around the house. And according to the New York Times, Corey told investigators that she left her phone charging by her bed while she was with her son on the night of her husband's death. However, in the information filed by prosecutors, detectives discovered that Corey's phone had been locked and unlocked multiple times, and there was also movement recorded on the phone. She had also sent and received messages, and all of those messages were later deleted. Bonjour, parlez-vous français? Me neither, <laughs> despite the fact that I paid for it in college, which is why I need Rosetta Stone, and so do you. As you all know, I've used Rosetta Stone in the past for my German, and it's wonderful. And in fact, my niece is going to be studying abroad this fall, and she's going to be using Rosetta Stone so that she can learn the language and have a much more enriching experience while she's abroad. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. And they have speech recognition, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. They also have two different options available to use it. It's available both on your desktop and through an app. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Killer Destinations listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. According to the criminal information filed, the text messages that were recovered by law enforcement were between Corey and an acquaintance who was listed by the initials CL in the court documents and who Corey allegedly bought drugs from. Six days before Corey was arrested on May 2nd, 2023, 
Summit County detectives interviewed CL. She told detectives that sometime between December 2021 and February 2022, Corey contacted her via text message and asked if she could get Corey some prescription pain medications, hydrocodone specifically, for an investor who had a back injury. CL told investigators that she obtained the pills for Corey and Corey had asked her to leave the pills at a house that she was flipping. So a couple weeks after that, Corey contacted CL again and said that her investor wanted something stronger and asked for some of the Michael Jackson stuff, then specifically asked for fentanyl. CL told investigators that she acquired 15 to 30 fentanyl pills and Corey went to CL's house and paid $900 for the pills. This was just three days before Valentine's Day 2022, where Eric became extremely sick. It is alleged that a couple weeks after that, Corey asked for more fentanyl, paying another $900 for 15 to 30 pills. Within days, Eric Richens was found dead. According to court records, it is alleged that in September 2020, Eric found out that Corey had obtained a home equity line of credit on their home for $250,000, and she spent all of it. She had also withdrawn at least $100,000 from his bank accounts and spent in excess of $30,000 on his credit cards. Corey had also been taking distributions from Eric's masonry business that were intended for federal and state quarterly tax payments, using them for herself rather than paying the taxes. When Eric found out, he confronted Corey and she agreed to repay him the almost $135,000 she had taken. Court records also allege that in October of 2020, Eric consulted with both a divorce lawyer and an estate planning officer. Eric changed his will and established the Eric Richens Living Trust. Eric transferred the family home, which was in his name only, all personal property, and his interest in the masonry business into this living trust. He also placed the estate under the control of his sister, Katie Richens Benson. It was reported that Eric did not tell Corey about the change to the trust because according to his sisters, he believed Corey might kill him for the money. Now, Kathy and I noticed that the prosecution tried to get one of their subpoenas sealed, but the judge denied that request. So we were able to take a look at this subpoena and it requested all of the files and communication with Eric from an attorney named in the subpoena. When we looked her up, it turned out she was a family law attorney. The court records also stated that unbeknownst to Eric, between 2015 and 2017, Corey purchased at least four life insurance policies on Eric's life, with aggregate death benefits totaling almost $2 million. In late February 2022, Corey purchased an additional policy on Eric's life for $100,000. Now, prior to March of 2022, when Eric was killed, Corey is alleged to have outstanding state and federal tax liabilities of almost $190,000. She also owed a hard money lender almost $1.9 million. And our assumption, of course, is this is from her business flipping houses. And she also owed Eric more than half a million dollars for not paying his company taxes and then taking the money for herself instead. According to the court records, phone records show that on March 3rd, 2022, remember Eric was found deceased in the early morning hours of March 4th, Corey had a lengthy telephone call with the IRS and talked to her hard money lender. And now, according to KPCW, this is a television station in Utah, despite Corey telling detectives that a few hours before Eric died, they had been celebrating closing on the $2 million house she wanted to flip, 
It turned out that the sale did not actually close until the day after Eric's death, March 5th. It was reported that that same day, Corey invited friends over for what was referred to as a large party at her house where she was drinking and celebrating. According to court records, the next day, this is now March 6th, Corey arranged for a locksmith to drill Eric's safe, which contained between $125,000 and $165,000 in cash. It is alleged that when Eric's sister suggested that Corey did not have the authority to open Eric's safe because there was a trustee, Corey became irate and punched his sister in the face and neck. Sheriff's deputies responded and called Eric's estate planning lawyer to the scene. This is when Corey learned for the first time about the existence of the Eric Richens Living Trust. So three weeks after Eric dies, Corey files a lawsuit against the trustee, Eric's sister. According to the allegations in the lawsuit, Corey was upset because she had no idea that her husband had created this trust. In the allegations of the lawsuit, Corey says, on my wedding day in 2013, my mother-in-law presents me with a prenup and I signed the prenup and Eric signed the prenup. Now, Eric had been married previously and was divorced. And apparently there was some bitterness with how all the finances shook out after his divorce. So when Eric's mother presents Corey with this prenup, it basically says this. I have this masonry business. My half of the business is my separate property, not yours, never to be yours, blah, 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 unless I die first and we are lawfully married at the time of my death. So in this lawsuit against the sister-in-law, Corey is saying Eric had no right to transfer interest. And even if he did have the right to transfer interest, it's still my interest. I still own half the business. In the prenup in 2013, the estimated value of the business was $2.5 million. And then there was a couple hundred thousand dollars in miscellaneous heavy equipment. Corey's point was, that's mine, regardless of this trust. And she also said, even though our family home was only in Eric's name, he had no right to transfer it into the trust without my permission because I had a property interest in it. I gave money to help purchase the property. We paid for the mortgage from our joint checking account. We shared utility expenses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what's interesting, Kath, is that Eric set up a trust that was designed to give his wife income from the assets of the trust during her lifetime. Then after she dies, it goes to the three children. And so it's sort of a trust that people create when they're trying to maintain generational wealth. So it protects the wife, but it also protects their offspring upon the wife's death. Because like a normal trust, like I have a trust, in my trust, if my husband dies, I get to spend the $120 as I see fit. <laughs> But this trust would be frustrating because Katie, Eric's sister, has to manage the assets and distribute the funds to Corey during her lifetime. But I'm sure Corey sees it as Katie doesn't have to distribute. She gets to distribute because that means Katie also has the say in how much money Corey gets. Right. So she was asking the court to set up a constructive trust created by the judge, essentially. And the judge then gets to go, yep, this was wrongfully put into Eric's trust and now it's yours. But what was interesting, too, though, and the judge hasn't ruled on that request by Corey. All of that is right. stopped it's now. Still, right. It's all still hanging out there. But she asked the judge to do this. But what we've failed to mention to this point is that Eric had a provision in his trust that if anybody challenged the terms of his trust, they'd get nothing. 
Right. And that's a very common provision. But Corey has some solid arguments. But there is a lot on the line in the litigation, which is on hold now because she's been arrested. So a year after Eric died, on March 7, 2023, Corey published a children's book entitled Are You With Me? In an interview on a local morning show in April, Corey said the book was about a boy who loses his father, but always feels his presence with him. And she said it was inspired by her three kids' questions about whether Eric was still with them. And as you know, Kath, this created such a controversy. Oh, it absolutely did. Because once it came out that she'd been arrested, everybody was asking about, is she going to profit off this book when potentially she's guilty of killing him? So I started looking into Son of Sam laws, and these were done back in the 70s, and it was based on David Berkowitz, who was the serial killer known as the Son of Sam, and he was going to be given money to write about his crimes. And of course, it was an outrage to everyone. Everybody was like, "Uh uh-uh. Right. And so these Son of Sam laws were passed that said, if you are convicted of murder, you cannot personally benefit from anything having to do with these crimes. Those have since been overturned, because apparently it violates the First Amendment. So many of the states have replaced the Son of Sam law with the Slayer rule. This basically stops a person from inheriting property from a person they murdered. So if Corey were to be convicted in the death of her husband, the courts would be allowed to act as though she predeceased Eric when it comes to claiming an inheritance. So basically it makes her not eligible to receive a single dime from the property. Right. And nullifies this lawsuit. Correct. The lawsuit against Katie. I'm calling it the lawsuit against Katie. It's really the lawsuit against the trust. trust. But Kath, back to the book. I know that Amazon, for example, has taken the book down. Barnes and Noble has as well. Yeah. Four days ago, an attorney named Greg Scordis, who the Richens hired as their spokesman, told Fox News Digital that Eric had reason to believe that his wife was having an extramarital relationship that had continued throughout the course of their marriage. No other details were provided. We do not know if this is true. And it's what the family is saying. Exactly. Now, the prosecution made a motion for pretrial detention. Prosecutors believe that if Corey is released on bail, she will flee the jurisdiction. They allege that she has the sufficient means to travel outside of Utah and possibly overseas. And they further allege that she is in possession of multiple firearms. They are requesting no bail. Now, originally, a detention hearing was scheduled for May 19th. However, due to the prosecution's amendments, the hearing has been postponed until June 12th. So this is the update we have for you as of May 19th. We will post any updates to you on our social media channels. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As the new year unfolds, make it a year of comfort and indulgence with Minky Couture. Wrap yourself in the lap of luxury with our exquisite blankets. Picture the cozy moments, the warmth of our premium materials, and the stylish designs that define Minky Couture. 
Welcome the new year with the ultimate in comfort and sophistication. January is your month to embrace luxury. Visit MinkyCouture.com or your nearest store today. Elevate your comfort, elevate your style with Minky Couture.